Welcome to Coffee and Tea with SNL. Everything you love about your favorite coffee shop, all wrapped up in a podcast. I'm Lisa, and I'm passionate about tea, travel, good food, and great conversations, and anything that makes me grow. I'm Sabine, and I create spaces that people enjoy. I'm also a wife, mother of two, a coffee lover, and enjoy a great scented candle. We're two great friends committed to living our best lives and seeing others live theirs. Welcome to Coffee and Tea. Hey, Sabine. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm I'm okay. All right. I guess you'll say. Let's just be real. Okay. Let's just, yeah. Let's, let's be, real. be real. So yeah, what's going on? So for my highs and lows this week, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with my low. Okay. So last month was my birthday. Yes. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Thank you. And every year for my birthday, I feel like I'm clear on what I want to do every year, whether it's time by myself, okay, which I've done before. Last year was great because we went to Wax and Wine, yes, which is a fun. candle making studio mm-hmm. downtown. So shout out to Wax and Wine. We made our own candles with yes. the scent made out of different oils. It was just great. I had so much fun. The candle I made there is still like my favorite oh, candle. Of, oh my gosh. Time. I just, yeah, their, their candles are amazing. So that was a blast. Got to dress up. I had so much fun. This year for my birthday, I feel like I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I was thinking of going on a date with my husband. But the one thing I I feel like I just didn't want to plan this year. But my problem was I wasn't clear and I didn't ask. Well, I didn't. I I shouldn't say I wasn't clear. I was clear on what I wanted to do. Yep. But I didn't ask for what I wanted. So what ended up happening was I didn't get a babysitter because I didn't plan. Okay. My husband had to go to work. And it was like a last minute thing. Okay. So of course the kids came with us. I didn't want to stay in the house and have dinner because I didn't want to cook or clean (laughs) the dishes. Every day. That's a normal day. Yeah, that's a normal day. And even if my husband makes dinner, which is great, I'm still stuck with the dishes. Let's just say I didn't want to stay in the house. So we went out to dinner and my daughter, who's eight, she is crying like I'm not having any fun. There's a, a place that's kind of like a arcade slash restaurant slash which she wanted to go to, but we didn't have time because my and husband had to go to work. Her, right? And like, it's not so, about yeah. her. She's like crying. <laughs> Love you, but it's not about you. And I'm like, seriously, it is not your birthday, right? It is not your birthday. It's not about you. And I actually told her that it just wasn't as I wasn't as excited about mm. my time spent on my birthday. That's my low. I. I need to work on just asking for what I want, Yeah, you know? With my high, though, I just feel incredibly blessed, Mm. you know? And I have to remember that. Even when things don't necessarily go in my way or I don't always feel encouraged, just being in the state of mind of, of... gratitude you know and just being grateful and feeling blessed that god has blessed me with another year you know yeah and it could be worse so that is my high so what about you so for me so my high is i went to the pennsylvania women's conference so it's an annual conference love that conference couldn't go this year but yes i know i feel like every year it gets sold sold out. out like faster and faster than before um but yeah, so anyway, so um, I think two years ago, saw Michelle Obama there. Last year, saw Brene Brown there. This year, and oh yeah, last year, I think Amal Clooney was there and Serena Williams. Like, they have amazing people they at do. this conference. So this year, it was Ava, the Ava, filmmaker extraordinaire, was there and a lot of other amazing people, including Elizabeth Gilbert. But anyway, it's just this day of inspiration, woman power. I mean, there's some men there. So shout out to the men who come to support the women. 
But um, it was just an, a great, uh, an amazing conference. And one of the things I took away was actually from one of the men who did the keynote um, speech. I think um, James Clear, I think, is it? he's an author I had never heard of, but he talked a lot about, I think, Atomic Habits is what it was called. But he talked about the whole idea of improving yourself 1% at a time. So similar to the concept of compound interest with money, right? Like your money doesn't right. just like double overnight. Like, it, you know, your money grows at what? Takes time. 0.001% yeah. or something. Little over by little. Yeah, little by little over time. So he talked about the concept of improving 1% at a time. And that just felt really refreshing because I think, at least for me, I can be that kind of striving personality who's always trying to transform. And I often want to make these leaps in huge leaps and bounds versus a little bit at a time. And he talked about how any habit we're trying to build, the goal is to grow at about basically break the habit down to something that you grow in two two minutes that you work on, sorry, two minutes at a time. So there was a guy, he was helping lose weight. Long story short, he basically told this man to go to the gym every day for only five minutes. Which sounds, I can do that. <laughs> which sounds bizarre, right? But he had to go every single day, but only five minutes. And no matter where he was at the fifth minute, in the middle of a bicep curl, it's like drop the weight and leave. Five minutes wow. only. And part of the thought process behind that is that he was trying to build a habit of just being the kind of person who went to the gym every day. So once you become the person who goes to the gym every day, you can take it from five minutes to 10 to, to 15 10. to 20 easier than it actually is to build the habit of going to the gym every day. That's true. It's like the power of consistency. Exactly. So he talked about how, yeah, if you want to do yoga every day, literally start with, I roll out my yoga mat every day. Do that for a month and then build on that. Like, nope, I just roll out my mat, roll it back up, which sounds ridiculous. But I'm trying to take that on Mm. to see like, what habit am I trying to build? Okay. And how can I break it down to two minute increments and do that? consistently and then build from there so my high was just getting inspired at the conference and meeting incredible incredible women and just getting excited actually about changing habits and building creating new habits two minutes at a time right because it seems achievable yes yeah you're like I can surely roll out my yoga mat every day so what's your low my low is that I'm realizing how much I don't spend alone time just on my own dreams, thoughts, plans, etc. I was listening to Jay Shetty, the podcaster whom I love. He was doing an episode with these makeup mogul sisters, Mona and Huda Katan. And Mona talked about how she spends four hours every single week on her own, just still time to think, plan, make sure she's on the right course, that whole thing. And that just stood out to me because I don't do that I don't, at I all. need to do that. And in fact, when I do block out an evening to say, okay, this is going to be me time, the moment someone comes up and is like, oh, we need to have a meeting for this or the other, I'm like, oh, sure. Yep, I can do Monday I'm night. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. I'm not doing anything except me time. Like, So just really realizing how much I don't value and prioritize that and seeing what the cost is because I think there is a lack of clarity lack of direction that's present because I'm not taking the time to really be still be still yeah so the good news is I see it but I think the low is just how how much I have not done that so so I'm excited to take that on but okay that's my high and low for the week okay great before I guess we introduce our guest what's in our cup what's in your cup 
Yes. So today I'm drinking this totally made up drink from Cake Life Cafe in Fishtown. It's called a London Fog. So what is in a London Fog, you ask? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a black tea. So it's an Earl Grey tea with oat milk and honey lavender syrup. Oh, that just sounds... And then bergamot oil infused whipped cream. So yes. So that's a London fog, everybody. That's what I'm drinking. That is. uh, Okay. It's quite delicious. Yes. It's got a lot of flavors going on. It's pretty awesome. I mean, just a description alone. So Um, what's in your cup? So I am actually also from Cake Life that you got for me, which I'm so grateful for. I have a salted caramel ice latte. So my go-to is usually caramel ice latte, and this one is salted. So it gives it a different, yeah. Yes, little, I'm all about yeah. the salted caramel. Mm-hmm. So Very thank nice. you. You're welcome. So I'm so excited about today's guest. We're interviewing Carol Ha. Yes, we are. She is the owner of Okie Dokie Donuts. Met her on via Instagram, Instagram I guess. Right? Started yeah. following her. Was super excited that there was a person who made gluten-free donuts in Philadelphia. Checked out her pop-up kind of got obsessed and the rest is podcast history I guess (laughs) yeah her donuts are amazing and I love her Instagram page yes yeah donuts are so beautiful I know they are so yes we're gonna be talking to Carol Ha so Carol I'm so excited about our guest today so I found Carol on Instagram where I find all important things in life and was excited about gluten-free donuts in the city of Philadelphia. Yes. I have a sweet tooth. I'm obsessed with all things, all baked goods. And I have a gluten intolerance. So it's been really painful to go out to eat and get treats. So I saw your page, was in love, stalked one of your um, <laughs> pop-ups in, I think, Fishtown. I think um, Solomay's, is that how they pronounce it? Yeah, uh, I do sell it Solomay's, yeah. So that was the first time I found your donuts oh, okay. and then I came to one where you were there oh, and I yes. fangirled and took your picture and I was like you have to come on our podcast um, and then we went to another one with Sabine but please introduce yourself so this is Carol Ha everyone she's amazing hello how did you get into the whole allergy free or gluten free well, industry it's kind of funny I started baking just for fun as a hobby and then my my boyfriend who I had started dating, he was gluten intolerant. And it turned out his whole family was. Uh, His sister has celiacs. And I don't know if his brother does, but he is also very allergic. Mm. Um, So I would just start baking for them. And then, uh, because I'm not gluten intolerant, I was like, I know how this tastes. So I kept just baking over and over. And then I started to learn more about how to bake, basically by trying to make something for them that tasted like the real thing. Right. And then I started making donuts one day because I was like, oh, I'll try this. Donuts make people happy. So that's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the whole reason I make donuts is to make people happy. You succeed. But yeah, so I, I started making him donuts and then he thought they were great. And then somehow we, I just was like, oh, maybe I'll just start selling these. 
I, I just really fell in love with doing it. I, I don't know if I fell in love with it or just became obsessive with it, where I ended up quitting my job of 13 years and then just started baking full time. Yeah. <laughs> so I have tons, a ton of questions, but I guess when you started selling, yes. how many, where, like, how did you even scale your business? Like, how It was just kind of like, let's put this on Facebook and see if anybody wants to buy this. Okay. You know, it was kind of like a, you know, a church bake sale kind of way where I like made flyers and right put it on Facebook and just see who would buy it and then you know at first it was like a couple of co-workers being like trying to be supportive okay and then they were like oh no this is actually good and then you know when I first started they're like they gave me really good feedback like oh this one's too dense so I would keep trying to improve it and then eventually people around the neighborhood started buying from me and like complete strangers would text me out of the blue and be like, hey, I hear you have donuts. Can I buy some? So I was like, sure, because I was doing it out of my house. Right. No problem. And yeah, wow. it's taken off from there. <laughs> so you were receiving messages from people you don't yeah. know. Yeah, just through Facebook. through Facebook. Because wow. I was dumb that's and I amazing. put my actual phone number <laughs> on. And I was like, yeah, just text You're me. You're still alive, so that's exactly. good. Nobody has murdered me. <laughs> Maybe they have stolen my identity. I'm but not sure, but that's fine. You're still alive, that's what. They can take my debt. That's fine. (laughs) So just again, my brain is like logistics. So when you first started and you put it on Facebook, were there certain days that you did it? Yeah. Well, I um, because it was just like sporadically here and there. So what I did was I would wake up at four in the morning, fry donuts, sell them. You know, people would come pick them up early in the morning. And then I would leave for my full-time job at the art museum and work there until like from eight to four, then come home, prep more donuts (laughs) and then like go to bed like way too late and then do it all over over again again the next next day. day. Wow. yeah, it was, and I I think at some point I lost my mind a little bit there. (laughs) You said you were obsessed. So yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, I should drop one of these and it's not going to be donuts. (laughs) Love it. I'm glad it's not donuts. (laughs) What did you do for the art museum? I worked a lot of different departments there, but the last one that I worked at was I worked as an assistant to the director of security there for about five years. So before that was like different departments. So I've kind of dipped my toe in every single department. At the art museum. Conservation. I've done curatorial work. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's very funny. It's like, oh, I've done all of this. Like everything there is to do here. What was your background coming into that? It was photography, printmaking and photography. Oh, wow. And it was just when I was in art school, all my friends were like, hey, get a job in admissions at the art museum. And I was like, sure. And then once I graduated, I'm like, can I still work here? And they're like, of course. And then I just kind of moved up to working in American art, 19th century American art, which was lovely. And then somehow found myself in security, which was great because I like literally had the keys to the castle. Right. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. So the name of your company is called Okie Dokie, which is. I love. I could say <laughs> Thank that you. all day. Okie Dokie Donuts. Yeah. Everybody at uh, the Restaurant Depot, when I sign in, they're like, Okie Dokie Okie Dokie. <laughs> Where did that name come from? It's so fun and playful. Um, it's actually, it came from when I worked at the art museum, I would always answer all my emails with just Okie Dokie. 
Like somebody would email me a question or can you take care of this? I'd be like, okie dokie. <laughs> and I also thought it would be hilarious if I put my out of office as okie dokie. So they thought I was taking care of things when I wasn't oh, there. No. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just something I kind of always said. So when we were trying to, my friends and I were trying to brainstorm a, a name, name, I was like, okie dokie donuts. And then I couldn't go away from that. Right. You're like, like nothing my, else works. Yeah. My, my one friend was like, no. And then we kept talking, and I was like, no, it's going to be okie-dokie. I don't care what anybody's saying. <laughs> I love our donuts. Yeah. And it's hard to forget, too. Exactly. It's very it rolls off the tongue. It's, it's playful. Easy. It reminds you it of, is. like, childhood. Yeah. 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 Which donuts remind you. That's my daughter's favorite food, by the way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she, I brought one of your donuts home, and she devoured. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. What was left. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tease Sabine for a moment. So we bought, like, four donuts each. She said, did you hear her say, I brought one home? <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, Just then she, she thought I was buying them for my kids. Didn't she didn't know what she was missing. <laughs> oh, I didn't buy them for my I kids. I don't judge I anybody. I bought them for myself and then whatever was left over. I do that with food all the time. I was like, well, I was just going to eat half of this. And then I eat eight and of them. I'm like, well, well. We- Whoops. <laughs> they were really good. Thank you. So you alluded to this before, but I guess when did you decide to go all in with your business? Somewhere around like 2014, a good friend of mine who I met through friends, she was moving out to Utah to be the pastry sous chef there. And I was like, you know, devastated. Mm-hmm. I just made this awesome friend and she's moving away. And she's like, well, if you want to come out and learn how to do pastry, you know, you can move out here and learn and we'll teach you and pay you. And I was like, what? How can I say no to that? And yeah. pay you. Yeah. Teach you and pay you. Yeah. So it took like a week of hemming and hawing. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Screw it. I'll just do it. Yeah. That was a, it was a weird time in my life. I broke up with my boyfriend. I quit my job. And then I packed all my belongings into my Ford Focus and drove across the country. Wow. And she hadn't moved out there yet. I was starting before her. Oh, wow. So I didn't know anybody out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's in Park City, Utah, which was like a strange land to me. I'm like, where I imagine. am I? And then I just started working in a hotel there uh, with her and I learned all the basics of pastry and like it was kind of great. I feel like I caught on pretty quickly being in management in the art museum really helped me like kind of organize and work faster and stuff like that. After working there for about almost two years, I just came back and I haven't looked back since like my mom really wants me to go back to a desk job and I'm like I can't no, even I imagine can't. that sitting down is great I'm not gonna lie but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life yeah yeah you do mostly pop-ups and yes. pop-ups seem so popular now why did you decide on pop-ups it was kind of just uh, a happy accident actually I was just doing uh, orders but it was kind of, it's kind of hard to do orders when I was working full time mm-hmm. in a kitchen um, to try to like, because your schedule is never the same. Even right. though they say, hey, we'll make sure your schedule is the same. It's never going to be that way. So I was like, well, as long as I can get one day a week to like do orders. But the problem with orders is that they don't always come in on right. that day that you have off. Right. So um, I actually think that, uh, where is my very, my very first pop-up? Uh, Manit- was at Manitani Stillworks, and they actually reached out to me because um, uh, I had used to work at uh, Martha, which is uh, a little really nice bar restaurant up in uh, Kensington. And uh, so 
they knew me from there okay. and they offered to have me do a pop-up to sell donuts at their tasting room because they didn't have any food they weren't serving food and oh, okay. they thought this would be a great way to get get people in and it was really nice and then i like thought this was great and then after i did that pop-up i bumped into heather who owns primal supply meats yes and she's like hey you know we're opening this butcher shop we would love to have pop-ups there. And I was like, absolutely. And so it just kind of like started snowballing effect, from yeah. there in a, in a wonderful way. And then from there, it was River Awards. And then I've just been bouncing around. And a lot of people who own businesses, they just have been reaching out to me through Instagram, really. They're like, hey, I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, wow. Would you like to do a pop-up here? And it's awesome. I meet the most right. loveliest people they're all super supportive and then we just do great collabs together so yeah it's great okay. is there any particular location that you haven't done a pop-up at that you would like to well neighborhood wise mm-hmm. i haven't done anything in fairmount which is surprising i lived there for so long i live there I, so please yeah. come oh, i would yeah. love yeah. to <laughs> yeah i haven't done anything there you know nothing really in rittenhouse but okay I feel like it's center city. All these neighborhoods, neighborhoods are close yes, by. Yeah, right. Here you yeah. can come there. But I would like to stretch out maybe to the main line. Because after doing a few pop-ups in uh, Mount Airy with Zaz Ice Cream, which is uh, such good ice cream. I've never been there. Oh, oh I've never been there. I have a pop-up this Sunday. You should come. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. ice cream. It's a, it's a and great And then the gems. Yeah, exactly. Cream. A lot of people that came to that pop-up they were from the main line and okay. they're like oh we would love if come you to came our out neck there. of the woods yeah. yeah so i know that my partner bill would love me to expand out every time they're like come out here i'm like no <laughs> let's go but he's like no that's that's possible we can do that and i'm like yeah i guess we can oh there's also we've been bouncing around the idea of going to jersey to ocean city because a friend of ours has a little sandwich shop out there oh nice and we're like oh well, why don't we just make donuts while we're out there you no, know people so, would love yeah. that we spent at least a week every yeah. summer in ocean city yeah and there's not we walked around there's not a lot of donut shops there's really good bakeries there's okay. bakeries but yeah not donut there's, shops but there's not, not a lot donut of donut shops. Shops. and definitely not gluten-free exactly. ones right so we're just like oh why don't we throw because he does a lot of uh gluten-free stuff at his sandwich bar oh nice his fries are gluten-free and that's oh, the only thing okay. he uses his fryer for and i'm like well then great let's do I'll this Let's have some French fry flavored donuts, you know? (laughs) I'm all for it. So it seems like the location choices have been very organic or based on like relationships and networking. Yeah, it really is just people being super encouraging Mm -hmm. and are like, hey, why don't you sell them here? That's great. You know, and everybody's been so lovely. If you need any advice, just come talk to us. We'll help you because they all went through it. They've all been trying to like start they've started their business and now they're trying to grow and they're like well i learned all this stuff and it was impossible for me to find all this stuff out so let me tell you how to do it and it's great community here is just really encouraging and i love it i love (laughs) i love hearing stories of people who collaborate and who just kind of mentor you even without having to ask instead of having this competitive attitude of like you can't come here you know we did this first but i love hearing those stories so I guess with your flavors, however, how did how what's the strategy behind them, if if any? Oh wow, I don't know. I I like just making stuff that I would like to eat. Right. So when I first would do donuts, they were a lot of the flavors were inspired, like the the stranger, not stranger, but more different flavors were 
uh, inspired by cocktails, oh. things that I like to drink. So like, you know, like an old fashioned, uh, I would make an old fashioned donut, donut but with whiskey okay. and a little, you know, some bitters oh, on that's top fun. of there. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one that I did off a drink was the Jungle Bird. Which I have is, not had that one. The oh. Jungle Bird, I love that. What's in a jungle? What is in the drink? I actually I just love the name. I had never had the drink I like, before. I read about it. Okay, I'm thinking like you know the New Yorker or something like that, where they're like the Jungle Bird is becoming popular. I'm like, what, what is, is it? <laughs> and it's rum, dark rum, pineapple okay. juice, Campari. Oh, yeah. So it's like oh. a, I guess like a, like a rum Negroni in a way. Okay. With, but with pineapple juice. Right. <laughs> Some bartender is going to yell at me now. The pineapple and rum go really well together. Yes. So, And then I made a, a glaze out of the Campari and then d- another glaze out of pineapple juice and drizzled that on top. Oh my gosh. And, uh, awesome. Yeah, it turned out really great. It when are you making that next? I make that again. The jungle bird going to be featured. I know. So I can be that'll there. Prob- maybe that'll be my next one for Manitani. Okay. I'll use their rum. And your donuts <laughs> always look so colorful oh thank you i try to keep them interesting i want them to be pleasing to the eye yes because that's they well. really are that's you had draw our senses that had half an orange i think oh I saw yeah an my orange cardamom one it's like that looks so that's good. just an excuse for me to candy orange <laughs> i love candying orange i'm like it's so pretty <laughs> so what are your favorite things so you've been baking for a while what are your favorite things in the process like you like candying orange what lights you up the most about making donuts oh man i don't know that's a hard question because <laughs> I just when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know. Do I? I pretty much enjoy the whole process, process. of it. Mostly when somebody is actually enjoying it, that I like can finally relax and be like, Oh, I did good. Okay, <laughs> I did good. Because I'm one of those weird people that are like, Oh, this is terrible. Ugh. When I was working at the art museum, I would bring donuts in in the morning. I'm like, These are the rejects. Sorry, guys. So don't judge them yeah. harshly. And they're like, these are delicious. You're weird. <laughs> and I'd be like, really? They're good? You like them? Oh, <laughs> Maybe I was not consciously baiting. for, <laughs> But I just wanted to make sure they were good. Good. Yeah, so. I get that. Overachiever, I guess. Mm-hmm. I can relate, too. <laughs> Overachiever. I love that one of, so one of your flyers, you also do, so you do pop-ups, but you also do events. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at first, when I was reading weddings, I was like, "What weddings? Like donut donut towers?" Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of a it's new becoming thing. Becoming popular, I right? Yeah. Um, I had done a few weddings uh, for people, like mostly friends that were like, "Hey, we want to have something," and then a few strangers were like, "Hey, do you?" do these for weddings and they would just be like minis and we would bring them and then I'd hear nothing else back but more and more people are like hey we want first they want a gluten-free option because yes. that's Woo-hoo. always a nice thing to have at your wedding uh, yeah but now people are like oh, giant cakes are like kind of just a little too much for some people they yeah. want more laid back kind of thing and donuts kind of give that vibe yes. to it the donut towers are now an option we started taking orders for weddings this month so i think that's probably going to be um where we're going to concentrate in the summer it's just events and and weddings and stuff like that birthday parties maybe and i guess <laughs> with that are there any particular themes that have been 
interesting or uh nobody has really been like hey i have this theme or i have this color can you make it that way but we're still growing so we are always going by the suggestions of each wedding party there's a wedding party coming up they want a donut wall so I feel I, like what's a donut wall. wall? Oh, you guys haven't heard of Wait, donut wall. Wait, is that wall? the one where you could pick no. the donuts from like yeah. a, like a it's pole? on a it's on like oh, a like peg board. Peg, yeah. yeah, that's what I pictured, but I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that. Oh wow, it's been okay, donut wall. People are yeah, it's getting more and more popular. Yeah, even Bill, my partner, was like, "What is a donut wall?" <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, Google. Oh, well, I'm Google. Yeah. So so yeah, and uh, you know that is people will see that that's gonna look like an actual something right the one that i'm picturing is going to be like a heart with oh, made out of donuts nice. so, cool. so so yeah those i have to make really presentable I mean, <laughs> people have events and it's all about you know they take pictures right and like what was unique about you know my event having a donut wall is Heart-shaped, right? Donut original. Then everybody's gonna want a photo by, of right, course, by exactly. Cake, you know, quote unquote cake. Cake, okay, right? Yeah. And then we're also offering a centerpiece donut, a larger donut. You know how the bride and groom cut Keep, into a smash cake, right? Well, we'll provide a donut for that instead, oh, so you can do that, and then you can also cool. save it, for or your you don't want to cut into it. Yeah, you can save it for like your one-year anniversary or whenever they pull that out and eat it out of the freezer. <laughs> I love I don't that. Know I love it. I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and they're so delicious. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So the baker and me is curious what's your kind of magic i don't know that you know we don't we won't let you give away trade <laughs> secrets but i guess is there a particular either flower that you just feel like if this did not exist like this makes my life well work when i started doing this um I just would buy like gluten-free flowers. Right. And, the uh, and blends. Yeah. It's just the blends that you could get at the stores. And I found one that I really, really loved, which was Glutino all-purpose flour. Interesting. I've never tried that one. Well, don't because they changed their recipe. Oh. And now okay. it sucks. Okay. So once they oh, changed their recipe, I was like, this is not as good a donut. This doesn't taste as good as it did before. So then I spent like a year trying to figure out the right mix mm. Because I knew what was in the older version, and which was a very simple version. So it's just potato starch, rice flour, and tapioca starch. But there's a ratio you have to get that, the right that ratio. has to work. There were a lot of really crappy donuts <laughs> before I could finally figure out what it, what that ratio mm-hmm. was. Because baking is such a science. And I think gluten-free baking just takes it to the next level in terms of getting the right textures yeah. and ratios and... And like to figure it out, a lot of people just want to be able to like sub out their flour, yeah, their original easy. flour with gluten-free flour. And you just can't do that. No. You have to really adjust to that. So yeah, that's hard. it took me a long time to figure that out. Like I couldn't understand what was going wrong. And I'm like, oh, of course, like just use a little less flour. Duh. <laughs> so I made the mistake once I was making a recipe that calls for almond flour. Yeah. And I think it was like two cups of almond flour. And it's a recipe I've made many times. But I ran out. I think I had one and three quarter cups of almond flour. And I thought, oh, I just need a quarter cup. Let me sub out with, and you're going to gasp, coconut flour. No, that's not a bad, that's, you know, I would have probably done the same thing. But coconut it's flour not the same texture, is though. exactly, and it's yeah. like this dehydrated flour, unlike almond. Like, it just wasn't a good kind of what sub. What were you making? I was making, I think I was making muffins. Oh, okay. And, you know, till this day, my sister still calls them rock buns. She's like, oh, remember those rock buns? I'm like, thanks. But yeah, but they came out, they were like really hard. I think it was the first time I realized that coconut flour is severely dehydrated and you can't just 
You got to up the hydration. Exactly. When you add that. So the rock buns taught me a lesson. <laughs> We've all done it, though. Don't don't stress out about it. Thank you. There are a lot of times I like make something. I'm like, I'll just mm, trash this. this is, no one yeah. needs to no know. No one needs to know. No one needs this, to know this. these ever existed. <laughs> How do you decide on the flavor? You said you had like 30 flavors. About 30. I think that I've made about 30 of them. It's really I just kind of sit there and just try to figure out flavors that sound good to me Mm -hmm. i would (laughs) i would literally just be lying in bed and my boyfriend would be like what are you thinking about i'm like donuts (laughs) Donuts." he's like yep that seems about right (laughs) so i have like little notepads everywhere with just flavor profiles written on it working in the pastry world has been nice because that it's exposed me to a lot of different combinations of flavors like yeah this will work great with this that it you doesn't would not sound normally like, yeah, think, right? you don't think that it blueberries and or blackberries and corn, blueberries and corn too. That's oh. a great combination. Oh, blueberries and corn. Who knew? Yeah, I know. have never heard of that. Those combos. Yeah, but no. that's gonna be, that's gonna happen soon. Okay, so, Ooh, in the summer tuned. when it's in season. So <laughs> it's also tuned me to what's in season, and that's important, right? <laughs> and that makes such a difference doing whatever we cook. Or yeah, make. it really does because you want you want. The fresh, fresh ingredients. I will make strawberry donuts uh, in February because people want a very Valentine's themed right. donut in pink and also like champagne and strawberries or chocolate covered strawberries. That's the thing that people really like. So I will pull out the frozen strawberries for that one. But that's about the only time when I'll go off season because otherwise it's just kind of gross yeah <laughs> fresher the better right i wanted to talk about when you were a pastry chef i guess what did you feel like were some of the things that you learned i don't know you can't go into all of them but what were the oh i learned so much and how long did it take for you to feel like i have what i need to leave here i happened to become a pastry chef working at walnut street cafe they needed a sous chef and then my friend was the pastry chef there and she thought that it would just be a smooth and easy transition working at the art museum really helped me learn how to manage my time Mm -hmm. working at a hotel really taught me how to like really pick up the pace and how to multitask a lot of things i think the biggest part of being a chef is that you have to be able to teach somebody how to do something and not get frustrated that they can't understand you because you already know how to do something. Right. So I think that's the trickiest part. I always stress when I am working with people like, hey, everybody does their thing differently. They have a different way of doing things. But as long as you end up with the same thing, it's not that big a deal that you do it a different way. If I see that somebody's doing something and I, I know that they could shave off like 20 minutes of their time doing it another way. I'll let them know that they can do it that way. And hopefully I'll let them know in a nice way. Mm. I don't know. I try to be nice in the kitchen, but it's hard. Being up at 5 a.m. makes you cranky. Yeah, I'm not a morning person, so I think I'm cranky until like noon. The one thing that I, I have learned in the short period of time that I've been doing this is that it's just pastry. And I, I will forget that a lot where I try to do something I experiment a lot in the kitchen and it just goes terribly. For me, that's hard because I've just wasted money. Right. It's difficult to remember that this, we're not, you know, it's not 
brain surgery. We're not saving lives through making pastry. I mean, we're making somebody's life a little better, but yes, making not, it happier for yeah, sure. Yeah, but we're not, you know, it's not the end it's of the world if something doesn't turn out okay and everything can be redone. I also admire there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, I didn't make this in the quality that I wanted to make it, so I'm not serving it. And I admire people that do that. In the food world, it's easy to be really stressed out because of time restraints and because you're serving people and you want it to be the best thing you make for them. Right. You kind of walk a fine line of like, don't stress out, have fun, but at the same time, do your best. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned as uh, being a chef. And I try to impart with all my cooks, like, don't stress out. (laughs) It's okay. I'm not... Um, you know, I'm not going to yell at you unless you like just don't try to fix it, you know, then then there'll be words. But right. <laughs> Yeah, I love that attitude, because, again, from all the cooking shows that we see now, kitchens are can be so intense. It's and intense. I never yeah. knew that. I'm like, who knew? So I love that attitude of. Yeah, I mean, I probably would not be welcomed at a, a faster paced <laughs> kitchen like 11 madison park does not want my attitude up in there but they're like you're a little too chill for this yeah. situation it is life and death yeah we want you to cry <laughs> so right now you're you make your donuts out of a shared kitchen yes how did that come about and how is it working with other well it is businesses? illegal to do it out of your apartment so that's right. how to stop doing that <laughs> when did you and, over that oh yeah <laughs> And also, my poor roommates that I've lived with have really had to deal with, you know, but their house smelling a lot like of, fryer oil all the time. But they ate a lot of donuts. I'm not sure I can <laughs> you know, totally feel sorry for them. I'm, I can't I'm imagine trying, but I'm having a hard time. But, you know, after a while, it's like, yeah, because when I was doing, like, small batches, it's not a big deal and nobody cared. But then suddenly it just blew up and I was like, I need to find a place for this. It worked out that somebody I knew had a friend that owned a kitchen and I started using their kitchen. It was very tiny. It was great for what I needed, but it didn't have storage space and I was lugging all my equipment Mm. there. And then eventually... I just needed to find a bigger space. And the guy that owns that kitchen was great. He was like, well, if you want to work out of here, we can figure stuff out. But my friend also has a kitchen that is an amazing kitchen. If you can get into it, you should. And so I contacted the guy and here we are. So it's a beautiful kitchen. Yeah, it is. it's yeah. great. It's more space than I need, but it's going to be good to build my business out of. Yeah. To be a full legitimate business, I have to be inspected and... I feel good about this but place. Yeah, this is Not beautiful. that the old place wasn't good, but it's, you know, it's better than my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so your apartment would not pass. <laughs> <laughs> apartment. So I guess what, as customers, what is the biggest change we can expect now that you're in this full time? I would like to say that you can expect more donuts, but because I share a kitchen, I'm here a limited amount of time. But we will be churning out more so hopefully we'll be doing more wholesale more events okay the downside of it is that I do have to raise my prices but by a little bit and I I feel like I'm doing it by just the slightest bit that nobody's can 
really complain because now I don't have a full-time job that will fund this little passion project anymore. But yeah, definitely more flavors that I can experiment on. Different doughs. I probably want to do more yeasted donuts, which I will now have time to do because yeasted donuts are like a two-day process. So I'm excited for that. We're excited. Yes, we're eagerly awaiting. (laughs) I love doing apple fritters and that's that. Wait, you have apple? I used to have apple I was like, I have not had your apple fritters. I have not. I have not made them since like 2015. Okay. All right. We need updates. Just text updates. Yeah. So now that I have space to actually do apple fritters, that's going to happen again. I I know my boyfriend's very excited. We're (laughs) excited with him. That would be a good fall. And if you need testers, you know, taste testers, (laughs) like I can be on speed dial and just come and be like, yeah, we can taste test anytime. Yeah, that would make a great podcast. Taste (laughs) test. Right. It's just it's just us sitting around going. We could expect, I guess you said wholesale. Yes. More events. We already know how I feel about the donut towers. And but are you going to continue with the pop ups? Yes, absolutely. Maybe not as many as I do. I do about four a month right now. It might cut down to two a month, depending on if more and more events, especially in the summer. But we would like to get into some more markets and doing pop ups and more like outdoor spaces. That would be a lot of fun. So there's a lot of that is uh, on the table exciting yeah so i'm i'm excited about it it's all when i think about it i'm like a little exhausting but (laughs) But it's really what i want to do like yeah running around is great (laughs) so how big is your staff like who works with you do you do this all okay It's it's me um and bill who was just like yeah i'll help I'll help manage your do the paperwork for you. Yeah. That is all just overwhelming. And, you know, when when you work 14 hours a day and then you come d- home to come home yeah. to like have to do paperwork, it's just like all blurs together, which is hilarious. My job before this was all paperwork <laughs> and I couldn't do both of them at the same yeah. time. Look at that. But then he would be like, hey, I'll help you with your pop ups. I'll help you. He's become quite proud of his frying skills. Oh. So, yeah, it's adorable. The professional donut fryer. Yeah. And then I have a lot of friends, a lot of wonderful friends who just volunteer and help out. They're like, yeah, we'll wake up at the butt crack of dawn with you and then stand behind a table until two o'clock in the afternoon and help you sell. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to pay you. And they're like, yeah, no, a hug and buy me breakfast. So, yeah. my friends are amazing. I love it. It takes a village. It, it really does. does. And it's like, you know, I try to be able to pay everybody back and like be like, what do you need help? Where where can I help you? You know, it's difficult to like people will be like, oh, can I get donuts at this time and this day? And I'm like, oh, I can't do yet. that, unfortunately, because I'm already doing donuts at this time and your donuts will not be fresh at this time. So it's hard to explain to people that it's it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing that it's just you. Thanks. I try I try to work really hard to make it seem like it's not. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, I should let people know. <laughs> no, I think that's just definitely being realistic. Like yeah. It's not all, owning a business is not all, you know, glamour and beauty and easy and it's just right. coasting along. Exactly. There's that's what you see on Instagram. <laughs> you just see the nicest you photos. Just see right. the see the photos. You don't see, you don't the, see the bags scenes. under my eyes the because I filter those out. <laughs> 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 filter those out. 
<laughs> and it's like this rice filter looks real good all right <laughs> so do you have any words of wisdom for someone who is thinking about yes i have this job i'm not loving i want to pursue my passion what would you advise i would advise to just do it which is a funny thing to say because i have held on to job a full-time job for so long because i've been terrified to just take the leap and and believe in myself and even now, I'm like, does anybody have a part-time job? <laughs> <Just in case. laughs> oh. All my life, I've always had that steady paycheck. Yes. I've never not had a job. But now I do have a job, but I'm the boss. And I have to really motivate and push myself. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I should get dressed. I should not be in my pajamas trying to do work. If somebody wants to do something like that, they should just do it. They should just really follow their passion. You should be doing something that you love. You should never have to wake up and be like, oh, I have to go to work. That's, Too many people do that. Yeah. And I, I mean... Not to say that I don't do it, but that's because it's like 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> but then once I'm here, like I feel energized. When, yeah. when, before we signed a lease to, to rent this space... I was freaking out. Mm. I was having a panic attack. I was walking in a circle being like, I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong idea. And then the moment we stepped into this kitchen to talk to our landlord, I was like, everything is wonderful. Let's do this. You should really just go with your gut feeling and not question yourself. And it is going to be hard and it's going to be difficult. But there are going to be people that are really supportive and they they want to see you succeed and i hopefully will be one of them <laughs> you know? i would like to help <laughs> how can i help <laughs> would you change anything the way that everything happened and unfolded maybe i don't know for sanity's sake i try not to look in the past mm -hmm. too much I try to learn off of all my mistakes and i'm pretty sure i've made a lot of mistakes i would have probably maybe i would have probably just tried to just do this earlier do this meaning quit your job yeah, and go for it full time and just do donuts full time mm -hmm. earlier i think maybe that's the only thing i kind of regret but i don't think i would would have been ready then either right and i w i definitely wouldn't have had the connections that i made by working in the industry for a bit yeah and those people are lovely i don't think i i would have done anything differently especially how i did it. i i mean do I wish that I knew what I wanted to do when I went into college? Yeah, but we I don't. We no, yeah. Right? But I kind of like the fact that, no, I didn't go to school for, for culinary. I don't owe somebody money for this. I got paid to learn how to do yeah, this. Yeah, I love that. I always encourage people to try to do that if they can. Not that there's anything wrong with culinary school. That's great. And like, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have learned half the things that those people taught me how to do, but I'm not in that debt over that. I am for art school, but that's, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's a separate else. conversation. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so as a gluten-free or gluten intolerant, rather, um, sweet tooth, again, I love your company and I will stalk you forever. <laughs> do you have any, I guess, visions or goals for Philadelphia where the gluten-free kind of bakery space I is concerned would, i would love i am very much looking forward to opening a storefront of some sort Yay! my dream is to actually open a little dinette kind of thing where you can come in for breakfast and lunch okay. and get a really nice meal with a lot of gluten-free options but 
I don't want to serve bread that I don't think is good enough for somebody to eat. And a lot of gluten-free bread out there is not Mm -mm. good. So I do, I would love for that to expand. I know that there's good gluten-free bread out there. Mm -hmm. I've had it. And there's a, there's places in New York that have really good gluten-free pastries and stuff like that. People are now thinking of it as a way to cook instead of just an allergy, you know? Yes. That I'm hoping that that there'll be more options for people, but I'm all kind of okay that there's not. Right, that's yeah, really the market. That's really making <laughs> yes. my money right yes. there. Um, but it's, We're I, you gladly know. giving you our money. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to be the only person on the block, but it's kind of lonely, and I, I wouldn't mind uh, collabing. Um, with people, I think that it's it's nicer that there are more gluten free options now, and people are understanding it more now that there are some breads that you can eat, there are some beers that you can drink, even if you have celiacs. So I think as more people are understanding their allergy, things are going to grow, and uh, hopefully the food scene will grow better. Working in a lot of restaurants, when you go there and they say they have gluten-free options, they really don't. They make gluten-free pasta, but they also make it in the same machine that they make the regular pasta. No, it's not gluten-free. So if you have celiac, don't go to a restaurant that right, says That's why I'm so grateful options. I don't have celiacs, because yeah. any bit of cross-contamination could be deadly for exactly. somebody like that so, so it, it's and it, hard it's difficult that sucks for people that just mm-hmm. want to have something nice to eat even though for me doing stuff that's gluten-free I don't really push that aspect of it very much I just am making donuts that happen to be gluten-free I love that but that doesn't mean that their allergy is any you know less important to me whatsoever I make sure to sanitize everything that I use and like you know work alone in the kitchen so there's no cross-contamination and they taste like regular donuts as they should because I haven't had a lot of gluten-free I'm not gluten tolerant but I haven't had a lot of gluten-free donuts pastries cupcakes that have <laughs> tasted good tasted basically. good and Thanks. had like the texture, like texture yeah. and yeah and that's so a really that's a that's a hurdle that I need to to try to figure out how to jump over is that I I do have the the nice uh benefit of knowing what an actual donut should taste like right. so when I when I make a donut that's what I want it to be that's a gluten-free dessert, donut yeah. should be that way. A donut, yeah. Should be a good donut. Yeah, period. and just because something's gluten-free doesn't mean it's this this stale, rock-hard, overly dense, yeah, cardboard thing. Yeah, crumbly. And, um, and unfortunately, that's what people expect. Mm-hmm. So if I market it as gluten-free, which I would like to do, because there is a lot of people with an intolerance or with an allergy, then a lot of people won't go for it because they're like, ugh, Ugh. gluten-free donuts. That actually happened to me at a pop-up where this girl and her boyfriend who've had my donuts before, she had a gluten intolerance. He did not. Her parents were with them. They were in town. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, we have to go here. Okie dokie's having a pop-up. I need these donuts. And she was so excited. And he was excited because he's had them before. And uh, her parents were like, oh, no, we'll wait to go to federal. And I just wanted, I, they, before I could realize like what they had said, I wanted to give them a sample. Just taste, like, taste this, please. I'm giving you an extra donut for your parents just for them to have. 
but they had already been like their her no. parents were like ready to leave oh. and it was so frustrating you know i took it all with a smile but inside i was just like oh come on give it a chance a ch- yeah but it, it's not their fault for thinking because that's what that's everybody what thinks that's yeah true. you get something gross i don't know how to jump that hurdle to market to the people that aren't gluten-free who am i leaving out when i right. when i market you right. know i mean i think it i think the fact that what you said resonates like i don't go that for they're making donuts a, that yeah they're just donuts that yeah. happen to be gluten-free they're good donuts so they're, that happen to be oh thank you actually they're great donuts <laughs> yes. that happen to be gluten-free so people can find you at the pop-ups yes and on instagram and of course on instagram right Always on instagram yeah instagram is the is one the best place to find best you? place it's the one thing that i keep up to date because it's so easy to it update is so easy. It is. you know and your Instagram is amazing. I love your Instagram. Oh, thank you. Like, it's very colorful, playful. I try to photos. I try to keep it fun and and interesting to look at. Bill has actually been on top of updating the website. Actually, before you guys got here, I was about to put out on Instagram stories to ask questions like an FAQ because I wanted to put it a frequently asked question thing for the website. Okay. Because I'm, I'm very bad at, like, if you tell me to type out a blurb about myself, there's no way that's going to happen. It's going to look like I can't speak English. <laughs> I'll leave out, like, really important words. It's like a really important <laughs> word. Like, I and am, you know, <laughs> things like that. And we're going to try to start doing ordering, pre-orders online so that you can put in a request for your event or if you want to pre-order for a pop-up, you can do that online. We're just working on that a little. We have something up there that if somebody wanted to to order online, they could, but we're we're still trying to tweak it so that when you order a dozen from us, you get a slight discount, but we can't figure out how to do that on our shopping cart yet. Okay. So that you can tell us what you want, like which flavors you want, and then give you that discount. Discount. Oh, you yeah. That doesn't mark. So. Okay. We're still figuring out. But that's that all out. coming to your website. Yeah. And what's your um, web address? Okie dokie donuts.com dot com and your Instagram is okie dokie donuts okay okie dokie yes. donuts yeah. I'm trying very hard to keep it keep consistent, consistent. Yes. yeah that is yeah. for a long time I had a Gmail email address and Bill was like why don't you have an okie dokie donuts email I'm like you know, I don't right. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I never did that. And he's like, yeah, let's do that now. That's great. <laughs> this is why we need people in, in this with us, right? Exactly. Yes. But again, thank you so much. Oh, it smells you. amazing I here. Know, it it smells like donuts. Thank um, you. I can't wait for you guys to try the new flavors. Yes. I'm very excited. I about can't wait them. to try the new flavors. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Absolutely. us today. Absolutely. Thanks for so coming fun. out here. Okay, so Sabine. Who would you like to take out for coffee or tea? So if you're because feeling adventurous. I know. Because it was my birthday in September, mm-hmm. I just felt so much love, well, from everyone, but most importantly, I met so many people or so many people that were either my friends or acquaintances that their birthday was also in September. I think the most like birthdays in the whole <laughs> I didn't realize world are in how September. many people have birthdays in September, yeah. which is awesome because it is the best month. Um, that's November, <laughs> but sure. Um, continue. And so I, yeah, I felt like we were in a, like a little club. So I would literally take everybody whose birthday in September out for coffee and tea. 
Yeah. Awesome. For coffee and tea. Coffee and tea. Why not? Just like let them have a yeah, choice. Let them have a choice. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because so. they have cocktails or is it just coffee or tea? It's just coffee and tea. Okay, great. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Let's okay. not get crazy. Yay, September yeah. babies. That would be an expensive bill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyone who knows me knows London is probably my favorite city. Yeah. And to quote myself <laughs> in a very obnoxious move, one of my favorite quotes that I coined was, America is my country, but London is my hometown. I know I'm a dork, but anyway, so yeah, I love London, basically. So in keeping with the London theme, I would take out the entire cast of Hulu's Four Wedding and a Funeral, the show I've been telling you about. I have yet to watch, but I must. I did see a commercial actually on Hulu for it. And I'm like, that's at least the show Lisa keeps talking about. Exactly. So it's a show that's by Mindy Kalen. Okay. And she basically based it on the 90s movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. Loosely based because actually has like very little in common with it, except that it has four weddings and a funeral and it's set in the UK. But anyway, so it's there are four college besties who are actually American who all ended up living in London. And it's about kind of the life, their life and times in London town. And I just love the show. I think it's just like pure entertainment, really fun. The stars are Natalie Emanuel, popularly known from Game of Thrones. Okay. And Nikesh Patel, whom I'd never seen or heard of before but I'm totally in love with and uh, it was just a great show I think it's dramatic it's funny it's light and I love the diversity in the casting nowhere else do you see a Pakistani guy and an African-American woman in the romantic lead love story yeah right like that's what they were playing so Natalie's actually British and Nikesh is actually I think Indian and British but either way they were playing a Pakistani and an African-American in a love story and I just thought This is why we need diverse writers, which also just makes me think of a lot of stuff that Ava talked about at the women's conference I had mentioned earlier. But there's something about when we have diverse people in the writing room and creating shows, you create content that looks like the world we have. And so it was just really moving, really. It was just good to see London, to see a show about London look like London. So I really love that. So if you haven't seen that show, see it. I would take them all out for tea because I'm assuming that's what most of them would want they might want to spike it but yes I think (laughs) we're gonna go with tea for the whole cast of four weddings and a funeral (laughs) that's awesome well thank you for joining us on this episode make sure to catch us on all the things all the things you can find us online sabineandlisa.com or on instagram and facebook at sabine and lisa And thank you for joining us. Join us next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.